0: Welcome to Torah Simcha for Parsha's Re'eh. We know that this Parsha, like all of Sefer Devarim, is part of the final speech Moshe gave to the Jewish people at the end of his life, preparing them for the transition from the period of living isolated in the empty wilderness to their new reality of settling the land of Israel and living in cities and communities among many people. <speaking> These are the laws and the rules that you're going to have to observe in this land that you are about to possess, As long as you're living, you're going to need to do this. You're going to have to destroy all the sites at which the idol-worshipping nations who lived in the land of Eretz Yisrael worshipped at, whether it's on the high mountains or under the trees. You're going to have to tear down their altars. You're going to smash their pillars and you're going to burn their things and you're going to cut down their idols, you're going to have to completely obliterate their presence. Later in the Parsha, we have a serious warning not to be drawn after a Navi Sheker, a false prophet who may try to sway us away from Hashem. He has to be put to death. And then we're warned about a close family member who may try to entice us to idol worship and we're not to listen or have pity on him, but to utterly destroy that person. No matter how beloved, and if that's not enough, we have the next scenario of a person who convinces an entire city to worship a vodazara, the Ir Hanidachas, and we have to completely destroy everything and everyone in that city. Listen to this Pasuk describing the Ir Hanidachas. You're not allowed to have any of the banned things sticking to your hand. So that Hashem may turn back from His anger and he will give you mercy or allow you to be merciful and he'll love you with compassion and he'll multiply you as he has sworn to your fathers there's an interesting phrase in this pasuk and he will grant you mercy this phrase does not mean hashem will show compassion to you it means after you've cleared away this last trace of sin and the sinners Hashem will then allow you to again act with compassion, with mercy. You're not allowed to show any mercy dealing with the iranidachas, but the cold-heartedness that you're going to have to employ won't alter your character. It won't turn you into a hard-hearted person. Hashem will grant you rachamim. He will allow you to be merciful, to have that rachamim that is fundamental to a Jewish person. Chazal tell us there never was an Iranian Dachas and there never will be one. This halacha is not a practical how-to right now, but a vital moral message that we all need to learn. There is an appropriate time and place for rachamim, for mercy, and there is an appropriate time and place to set aside mercy and remove a dangerous threat to your spiritual lives. I'm not calling on anyone to act rashly here, but I do think there's a relevant lesson for mothers. There are times that we see our children being influenced by someone or something in a spiritually or physically dangerous way, or we're afraid that they'll become negatively influenced by someone or something. We have a responsibility to our children to shield them from those influences as much as we can, even if it doesn't always seem neighborly or nice. I'm hesitating as I'm writing these words because I know that there is a phenomenon um, where people cut off family members for reasons that are not valid. And I know that there are obviously many people that our children will interact with, like even family members, who do have different values and they may not be a great influence and yet they must not be cut off from our children. The value in the relationship exceeds the potential challenge. I'm not trying to encourage alienation or estrangement. And if you're unclear about a situation, please go ask your local Orthodox rabbi. But there are times that we see an influence impacting our child in a concrete negative way, and it's not a person or object where the good in the relationship outweighs the bad, and it is not a necessary relationship. And I'm not just talking about a person. It could be your child's relationship to a digital device, to an app, to a social media channel. When we see something that's a moral danger to our children, we have a responsibility to set up barriers to protect them. It could be as simple as deciding that while you welcome a neighborhood child into your home, you're not comfortable with your child visiting their home, or you're only comfortable with them coming over when you are home and available to supervise. This is completely appropriate. And yet we sometimes hesitate because we don't want to come across as judgmental or make someone feel like we're looking down on them. And yes, it is possible the neighbor's family will realize that you're always busy when they invite your child over and their kid just plays at your house all the time without reciprocity. And yes, an uncomfortable conversation can follow, but we need to do it. There is a kind way of saying, yeah, we're a bit overprotective and we're just not comfortable with play dates when we can't supervise. Is it possible your neighbor will realize that she's seen your child play at another family's home and realize that there's like a subtle message here and feel hurt? Absolutely possible, but that's okay. And it's also okay when you're on the receiving end of another family's boundaries. We don't need to be personally offended when another family decides they're not comfortable with something in our home and they don't want their children coming over. We need to recognize that every set of parents has a primary responsibility for their own children. We don't need to understand other parents' chashbonos, and they don't need to understand ours. What is important is that we don't allow dangerous influences to damage our children because we were so desperate to look friendly and nice. And I think this is the relevance of the promise of an asan l'cha rachamim. By protecting our children, whether that means setting up boundaries around play dates, maybe it means telling babysitters in no uncertain terms they are not allowed to use their cell phones while they are in our homes. Maybe it's choosing not to go to certain events. We are not losing our innate kindness. We can definitely set up these boundaries with sensitivity, with kindness. We can reevaluate them regularly to make sure they are still necessary. But creating boundaries for our children's safety is not mean, it's not unneighborly, it is our responsibility. We can feel mean when we deprive our child of screen time that they've become dependent on. They will probably call us mean when we separate them from an influence they're attached to. Don't believe it. It's not cold-heartedness, it's not meanness, it's a great kindness. Whether or not they sense it, whether or not people around you interpret your decisions generously the greatest kindness we can do to our children is to not allow them to be in an environment where they will be negatively impacted. Again, I really hope you're going to hear this in the spirit with which it's being said. Don't go looking for trouble. Don't try to make divisions and separations that aren't absolutely crucial. But when it is critical, we mustn't be afraid to act either. Have a wonderful Shabbos.